blast from our past network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown. Here are your hosts, Adam and John Spees. Welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown, a no-holds-barred trivia match between two contenders fighting for nostalgic glory. I'm your host, Adam Spees. I'm your co-host, John Spees. And today we are starting round one of our TTT patron tournament. That's right, the Throwback Trivia Takedown patron exclusive tournament. To be in this tournament, you have to be a patron. And so we have... Two people that we love to death because they're patrons. They're obviously listeners of the podcast. Thank you guys, obviously, for all of that. But we're really excited to see who amongst you is the best of nostalgic knowledge, who has earned our love the most. However you want to put it, we are extremely excited to get this tournament going. So in one corner, we have... Ba-dum-bum. Will Dennison, attorney at law. Will, please say hi and just a little bit about yourself. Hi, and just a little bit about yourself. Oh, lame. <laughs> oh, hilarious. All right, and in the other corner. I try. You try. <laughs> you do good. And in the other corner, we have Nathan the Man McQuinn. Nathan, please say hi and a little bit about yourself. Hi, uh, not much to share. Just happy to be here. All right, we are happy to have you. Y'all have both been on the show before, so hopefully people recognize your voices. But uh, as a reminder, since, you know, we've only had a few couple games, I guess, of uh, our newer format, let's let everybody know the rules. Entering the ring are two contestants who will engage in three rounds of head-to-head trivia. Here are the rules. Round one consists of 10 questions in different pop culture categories focused on a decade that will be randomized. If you answer incorrectly, your opponent has the chance to steal. And the categories are movies, music, television, toys and games, sports, fashion, slang, news and politics, literature, and food. Round two consists of the same 10 categories, but this time your opponent gets to pick your category. Each correct answer gives you 10 points. In the final round, you may bid up to as many points as you've earned before answering the final two questions. The categories for the final questions will be picked by the contestants but the decade will again be randomized from those remaining. You must get both answers correct to earn your wager. Now it's time for a takedown. All right, now that everyone knows the rules, I want to know Nathan and Will just a little bit better. So, could y'all please tell me what was your favorite 80s fashion accessory? Not all at once. (laughs) I'm going to go with the slap bracelet because those things were friggin' awesome. Whoop, right on the wrist, wrapped around, and you felt like a king among men. Oh, boy. I am I was born in the early 80s, and so I didn't really know. But I, I think probably looking back at that, I think my favorite trend is probably the side ponytail just because I think it looks a lot of fun. It reminds me of... Um, of what's that movie with the Napoleon Dynamite? Oh, uh, yeah, ponytail character. Yes, that was a solid movie and solid fashion uh, trend. But I gotta go with the slap bracelet. There's something satisfying about hitting it just right and it wrapping perfectly around your wrist. Absolutely had a couple of those 
Uh, those were awesome. They should make attachments for an Apple Watch of a slap <laughs> bracelet. That would be awesome. Oh my god, that's a million dollar idea right there. Why are you Why are you wasting <laughs> your life a as a 12, lawyer? Go go at start doing at least a twelve dollar idea. Yeah, <laughs> at least a twelve dollar. All right. So that means will you get to go first and pick your category? All right. Well, Mr. Spees and Mr. Spees, I will start with movies. Okay. And your decade is the fifties. I'm the the music, please. We'll go with music. (laughs) All right. Fifties movies question. Marlon Brandau, not Brandau. My God, I was was, was mixing it up with Martin Landau. They had a a love child. That would be an attractive man. (laughs) No, no, it would not. All right. Marlon Brando won his first Oscar for this 1954 film. It tells the story of an ex-prize fighter and violence and corruption by the mob-connected union boss on the docks of New Jersey. Well, I am uh, 99% sure this is not correct because it's not the right plot, but the only early uh, Marlon Brandau, is that his name? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Martin Landau and Marlon Brando had a very awesome, glorious baby. I'll say the wild bunch, and I know that's wrong. Uh, you are correct that it's wrong. Uh, Nathan, you get a chance to steal. I think the only other movie I know of his, and I know nothing about it, uh, but I think he was in a movie called On the Waterfront. He was. Ooh. It was by the docks of the Jersey Shore, and it is that's... On the Waterfront. <sighs> nice job. Good. That was complete luck. Yep. Good steal to start us off. And Nathan, you get to pick your category. Uh, let's go ahead and go with TV. Okay. And your decade is the 60s. (laughs) All right. Johnny Carson took over The Tonight Show in 1962 and helmed it for 30 years. Who did Johnny take over hosting duties from? Oh, boy. Johnny Carson. I'm trying to think of those early people. It's probably somebody not long because I was the 60s. It's somewhere in there, but I'm not getting there. Um, I, 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 I can't call it. I, I, I don't know. Okay. That means, Will, you get a chance to steal this one and even it up. All right. There is a name in a file in the back of the head, and I don't even know if this is a real person. But I'm going to go with it, and I'm going to say Jack Pardo or Pardo. Jack Pardo is incorrect. <laughs> I can't give it to you. You're a terrible person. Yeah, I'm. Well, you need to. You need to shut up just a little bit quicker. <laughs> you gave one extra syllable, two letters. I'm guessing it's Jack Par. Not Jack Pardo. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. So slightly, actually, yes. Oh, oh that's, you know what? He he used to sell cars before he uh, took over the Tonight Show, and uh, when people would give him money, he would say, "Oh, that's Jack Pardo," and that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> oh, that was it. Some some Pardo in his hand. Yeah, that he right, got from. Right. Yep. 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 You know, what are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? All right. So no points awarded, but so close. Uh, yeah, The Tonight Show started off with Steve Allen from 54 to 57, and then Jack Parr hosted it from 57 to 62. Uh, you know what? That's really close for not having any idea. That, like, that, was, 
back here. Yes, yeah. If we gave Plus partial a book somewhere at some point. Yep. Yeah, ridiculously close. All right, um, Will, you get to pick your category. All right, I will pick the eighties, please. <laughs> no, not the decade. That's not pick, how that works. Okay, not I'll how that works. Music. We did. I actually did try that when we were kind of testing this out, but it was getting too complicated between letting people because everyone was going to pick like the you know their category or their decade. I was like, you can pick your category or your decade, but it's just like everybody's just picking the '90s, and I was like, whatever. I'm, I'm bad in the in the '70s. I'm real bad in the '50s and yeah. '60s. <laughs> That's all right. Exactly. You add dose to everything. You're like Homer Simpson. All right. Uh, I'm sorry, Will. I missed I missed your category. Uh, which one did you want? Uh, Beatles. No, uh, no Beatles. Yeah, 60s Beatles. <laughs> Overrated. Um, I know. Oh, okay, I'm gonna. <laughs> Gotta go, guys. Uh, I just lo- we just lost a patron. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> it's okay. Not everybody liked. It. It's kind of for a smart person kind of band. Uh, I like yeah. it. <laughs> All right. Well, you said music, right? Yeah. Oh. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> and your decade is the '60s. Oh, come on, give it to me. Name this former Beatles drummer who was fired in 1962 by manager Brian Epstein and replaced by Ringo Starr. Oh, my God. Pete, Pete I think he's the best, but not quite as good as Ringo. Pete Best. Uh, I'm sorry. The answer is Pete Besto. Pete Besto. No, it is no. not Jack Pardo. <laughs> it is uh, Pete Best. I can't believe it played out the way that it did. Has that ever happened on the show before? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. What we did have one person uh one time accidentally guess the answer before Adam actually asked the question. That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Nathan, we are back at you. I can't believe that happened. Um <laughs> Let's go news and politics. Yep. So everybody knows out there I have the questions that I've created, but John does the randomizing. So I there's not at all one way or the other. I have no idea what is gutting. So it it, it completely just uh, random. So Uh, news and politics, you said? Yes, please. Okay. You're not going to believe this. Your decade is the 60s. 60s, okay. All right. And we've got a classic trivia question, I would say. On July 24th, 1969, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin walked on the moon while this astronaut stayed aboard the shuttle to pilot the command module. He was Neil Armstrong and who? Uh, Buzz Aldrin, who walked on the moon while this astronaut stayed aboard the shuttle to pilot the command module. You know, space is a weakness of mine, and it's always something I want to study, but I never get around to it. And the only other astronaut name I can think of that would make sense. So the one I'm thinking of one of the eighties, but I just read something about somebody golfing on the moon and its name was Shepard. So I'm going to go with Shepard. Alan Shepard is incorrect. Will you get a chance to steal? All right. I'm going to try and not add an extra sound at the end of this name. I think it's John Glenn. John Glenn is incorrect. Yep. No, John Glenn, I think, was the first U.S. Uh, guy to maybe was it circumnavigate out there or something like that. Uh, that was Magellan. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was Magellan. No, uh, this guy, well often known as the other guy who was on Apollo 11, is Michael Collins. Michael Collins. Okay. 
All right. Uh, we are very, back. very famous for his drum solo. Yeah. And uh, I can feel it in the air tonight. Mm. All right. Will. Will has got the jokes, but does he have the answers? And he's got a pick. Nope. nope. <laughs> Unless it's the Beatles in the 60s. That's all he's got. Um, what uh, category would you like? Uh, let's go with sports. Okay. And your decade is the 2000s. Okay. This blue-fielded BCS team secured the best record of the 2000s decade with a record of 112 to 17. Blue-fielded? Correct. Okay. Uh, that would be Boise State, which is in fact not a state. It's a ridiculous name, but <laughs> Boise State. Boise State, the Boise State Broncos is correct. <laughs> All right. All right, Nathan, you get to pick your category. Okay, let's um let's go slang. Okay. And your decade is the 70s. Groovy. When these two words were first used together in print as a way to describe somebody's progressive values, it wasn't meant as an insult. The feminist scholar and activist Tony Cade coined the phrase in her 1970 essay, The Black Woman, in which she declared that a man cannot be blank and a chauvinist too. Quite wordy. I can say it again if you need me to. Well, that, I mean, that, that, that's a great question. And I don't know, I have something written down, but I don't know if it's from the 70s, but I'm not thinking of anything else. Two words that go together. I'm going to go bleeding heart. Bleeding heart is incorrect. That's a good that guess. That's my steal. <laughs> yeah. Will, you get a chance to steal it. All right. Can you read it one more time? Of course. When these two words were first used together in print, as a way to describe somebody's progressive values, it wasn't meant as an insult. The feminist scholar and activist Tony Cade coined the phrase in her 1970 essay, The Black Woman, in which she declared that a man cannot be blank and a chauvinist too. I have no idea. How about lily-livered? Lily-livered is incorrect. No. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, nowadays you will hear people kind of kind of use this as a, um, well, you know, as a way to, um, as an insult uh, for a lot of things in today's like kind of cancel culture or things like that. But back in the day, it had no real harsh connection and it was politically correct. It was the oh, first wow. time that was used in the 70s during I this essay. About that more 80s. Wow. Yep. Okay. 1970 uh, yeah. was the first use. Should have occurred to me and absolutely did not. Yep. Yep, not a problem. All right, so no points awarded. Uh, will, you get to pick your category. All right, we'll go with toys. Toys and games. And your decade is the 70s. Okay. Texas Instruments launched this electronic educational toy in 1978 that utilized a keyboard and a super cool robotic voice. Oh, crap. What the heck was that thing called? I got to think out loud for a second. It's speaking spell or saying spell. I'm going to say speaking spell. The speaking spell is correct. Good job. It was in there. That's before my time. Yep. That was, yep. Good stuff. All right, Nathan, you get to pick. And left, we have fashion, literature, and food. 
Ooh, I am getting my butt kicked, so I need something good. Uh, let's try, because I'm hungry, let's go food. Yeah, always something good. In your decade is the 90s. Okay. This citrus-flavored soft drink was first introduced in 1997 by the Coca-Cola Company to compete with Pepsi's Mountain Dew. It was advertised as having a more hardcore edge. Lagging sales caused production to be ended in 2003 for most markets. Luckily, it seemed to have made a return in 2015. As you read that question, I went through three different kinds of sodas. Um, but the last one I wrote down, I think, is my best guess. And so that's going to be Surge. Surge! Does anybody remember those commercials where they would yell at and then crazy crap would happen? I love those commercials. And I loved nope. Surge. I was a hardcore kid and I loved me some Surge. So yes, Nathan. Yes. You okay. got it right. I needed wow. that. <laughs> All right. All right, Will. What do you prefer between fashion and literature? Uh, I'm assuming this is not going to be a question about slap bracelets. So I will say literature. <laughs> and your decade is the 90s. Okay. All right. This 1993 novel by Jeffrey Eugenides, I'm sure I butchered that last name, uh, centers on the deaths of five sisters, the Lisbon girls. It was adapted into a 1999 movie by director Sofia Coppola and starring Kirsten Dunst. I got no freaking idea. The Lisbon girls, five sisters, Lisbon girls all die. Sophia Coppola. You said seven. No, five. Yep. There were five sisters. Fünf. Un, deux, trois, quatre, cinq. Cinco. All of that. <laughs> I had to count it in different languages because I couldn't get there. Death Becomes Her. Death Becomes Her. Great movie, but that is incorrect. Nathan, you get a chance to steal this one. I don't know the novel, but I'm thinking it might be a movie that's been in my want-to-see list for a long time. And I think she starred in the movie. Is it The Virgin Suicides? It is The Virgin oh. Suicides. Wow, that came out of nowhere. I have never heard of that. Yep, very, very, very popular novel. Uh, I think the movie's not nearly as popular, but... Um, all right, gets the steal and gets to end the category or end the round with fashion. And your decade is the 2000s. Okay. Founded in 2002, this lingerie and apparel line by Victoria's Secret targeted younger women than their main line and would often have its name written on the backsides of its clothing. Oh, boy. And I am the worst at fashion. I, I mean, I wear Hawaiian shirts. I have like about 100 of them. So I am the last expert in fashion. Um, I'm trying to think of writing I've seen on people's... I've seen clothing with writing on people's butts, but I try not to read it because then I'm leering and that's creepy. Um, and I can... Oh, boy. Um, the only word coming to my head right now is pink. Pink is correct. No. Yes, sir. 
It was it was written all over uh, like high school girls' butts. I can tell you around that time, and I did yeah. look at their butts in 2002. I was in high school and I paid attention. I was in college and I remember seeing a lot of that. I just couldn't picture what it said, but it, I must have looked at somebody's butt a little bit too much. Yeah. So. <laughs> so it stayed there. All right. That is the end of round one. John, could you please give us the score update? Well, uh, Nathan got off to a slow start, but mounted a bit of a comeback and he leads 40 to 30. Yes, he does. Good pullback. All right. As Will started the first round, Nathan, you're going to start us off by picking for Will in round two. Okay, let's go fashion. And your decade is the 60s. 60s. <laughs> Name this hairstyle that was developed in 1960 in which long hair is piled up in a conical shape on the top of the head and slightly backwards pointing, giving someone the resemblance of a certain naturally made structure. And it was popularized by people like Bridget Bardot. Looking at both of your faces is quite intriguing right now. <laughs> I mean, we're both falsely challenged, so I think this is an unfair question for both of us. Uh, for the record, I am not falsely challenged. I shave my head every single day for this I beautiful, apologize. sexy look. <laughs> Will, are you in denial? That's just what it sounded like. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> My hair? Yeah. I'm just curious. No. I. Oh, okay. No, that I, is, that's well, just I mean, in fairness, um, if I were in denial, I would say no as well. So me answering that <laughs> provides you zero information. See, he's a lawyer. He's a but, lawyer, people. But I, but I can state definitively <laughs> okay. that I shave my head every single morning from back to front. Okay. I it's shave... I, you're good at the My jokes. Goes to right here. You're good at the jokes, so it's hard to tell. <laughs> I would, I wouldn't think lesser of you if so. I think our dad has been bald since he was like 25. Well, and my my father's father was completely bald in his 20s. My father was bald in his 30s. My brother, my mother has five brothers who were all bald in their 30s, and her father was bald by mid 30s. So mm -hmm. I had no chance of keeping my hair, which was one of the reasons that I started shaving my head uh, when I was. Yeah in college back before I was 21, but I haven't, yeah, I've shaved my head since I was 20. Yep. Uh, well, Will, what do you know about this hairstyle? I am like 99% certain that this phrase has nothing to do with the naturally occurring phenomenon and everything to do with the band that I think is either seventies or eighties, but I've got nothing better. So I'm going to go with flock of seagulls. The flock of seagulls is incorrect. All right, Nathan, you get a chance to steal. So obviously hair is a weakness of mine, both trivia-wise and in real life. Um, and I'm trying to think of different names for hairstyles. And I can think of very, very few. In the old, I don't think this is it, but it's in my head. Um, I think pompadour is a hairstyle, so I'm going to go with pompadour. Pompadour is also incorrect. Now, the uh, the naturally made structure is a beehive. It's oh. the beehive hairdo. I would have also accepted the B-52 uh, that was based on a, uh, a plane, um, which, would, which when Will started talking about the band, I thought he was going towards the B-52s, but alas, he did not. All right, well, Will, you didn't get that one, but now you get to exact revenge by picking a category for Nathan. Well, we'll probably give him an easy literature question. 
<laughs> right? And your decade is the 80s. 80s. This fortunate 1989 Amy Tan novel is about family memory and heritage, and its four parts tell the stories of two generations of four Chinese families as they leave their homeland and settle in San Francisco. It's in my brain somewhere. Um, in college, I took a woman of color literature class, and it's in there somewhere. And I don't want to say too, I don't want, I can't, oh boy, I can't talk it out too much. Um, can you read it one more time to make sure I'm not missing anything? Of course. Nathan, I assure you, you have nothing to worry about. You can talk as much as you want. <laughs> This fortunate 1989 Amy Tan novel is about family memory and heritage, and its four parts tell the stories of two generations of four Chinese families as they leave their homeland and settle in San Francisco. Okay, um, the word fortunate. Um, is it the Joy Luck Club? The Joy Luck Club is correct. Oh, yes. Woo, my hint helped. Good job. <laughs> You're very welcome. All right. You got a not so easy literature question, but you got it. None the same or none the difference. And uh, Nathan, you get a pick for Will. Um, let's go ahead and give him slang. And your decade is the 70s. Didn't we do 70s last time? You're right. I was wrong. <laughs> uh, it is. Uh, it is the 60s. Okay. It's the 60s. All right. Will, the 60s were a weird time. They used to think it was funny when four people would get out of the car at a red light and exchange places. And they'd call it what? You are muted. You're muted. Your face is muted. Your mom is <laughs> muted. I have no idea whether it was called the same thing in the 60s as it was in the 90s, but I remember... When I was in high school, we used to do that, and we called it a fire drill. I'm going to need you to be more specific. More specific than a fire drill? I am going to need you to be more specific. I'm not sure that I can, and so I will say a... Man, I remember my friend's... I think they called it something ridiculously racist. And I don't remember using this term, but I think I've heard people call it a Chinese fire drill. It is ridiculous, ridiculously racist, and you are correct. It was uh, started in like the early 60s as a prank, uh, and it was called a Chinese fire drill. So uh, some backstory. I'm glad I didn't remember that at first. Yes, I'm glad that I just remembered it was a fire drill. <laughs> you turned out, you looked real good on that one, Will. Nicely done. But yeah, so historians actually trace the Westerners' use of the word Chinese to denote confusion and incomprehensibility to the earliest contacts between Europeans and the Chinese people in the 1600s and uh, attribute it to Europeans' inability to understand China's radically different culture and worldview. And that's kind of how Chinese, Chinese became a um, uh, synonym for confusing or kind of uncomprehensible uh so back in the day and so that's why they kind of it sounded you know like getting out it seems like it was all crazy um so yes so i hope that they don't use it as much as they used to but that was what they called it back in the 60s i tend to call it spezian oh woo, he's got jokes everybody he's got jokes <laughs> all right all right well good pull and now will you get a pick for nathan 
I'm not sure it was a good poll. I don't feel real good about that. <laughs> we'll go with food. Yeah. <laughs> and your decade is the 60s. Oh, wow. Plenty of 60s. Okay. okay. In 1961, this company was granted a patent for instant oatmeal, which turned into ready-to-eat hot porridge by adding water. The invention spawned a thousand imitations and has become a regular on the breakfast table. I'm terrible at oatmeal because I try making it from scratch. It always tastes terrible. And so I usually only buy instant oatmeal because at least that's somewhat flavored. And I think the only company, I usually buy the generic version of it, but I think the company that I see it the most, I'm going to have to go Quaker Oats. The Quaker Oats company is correct. (gasps) That is the one. Good job. All right. Now, Nathan, you get to pick for Will. Oh, this is where it gets hard because I, I, I don't know what his strengths and weaknesses are. Ah, uh, see, that's where my not having any strengths works to my advantage. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have a feeling there's – I mean, I'm going to go ahead and my, – My only real strength is saved by the bell. Yes. Oh, that's a good strength to have. And you didn't – you just barely missed one of those questions last time you were on. Your opponent got the. I didn't. This. I, I missed getting the opportunity. Yes. I did not miss the question. You didn't. Yes, that would course. not have happened. <laughs> okay, so I have a feeling you might be strong in this one, but it's such a weakness of mine. It's. I'm just going to choose it for you. I'm going to get and give you sports. Okay. And your ticket is the seventies. We've got a question from Jackie Lafave. Thank you so much, Jackie. During the 1972 Sapporo Winter Games, Magna Mirmo becomes the last athlete to win a cross-country skiing event using all wooden skis. Which country is he from? Can you spell the name? I can. It's M-A-G-N-E, Magna, Mirmo, M-Y-R-M-O. And I could be mispronouncing it. Apologies on that, but that's how I've decided. Are you sure it's not Manye? I'm not sure it's not Manye. Well, if it's France, it would be Manye. Are you sure it's not Manye? <laughs> no comment. No comment. <laughs> uh, if I lose on that, I'm going to be pretty upset here, Spees. <laughs> you know what? Mirmo, I'm going to go Greece. Greece is incorrect. Nathan, you get a chance to steal. I like when he said French. That first name does look a little Frenchish. But Mirmo, it, it, it looks Greek to me. I would have said the same thing, I think. Um, but I don't know. That doesn't look French to me. Um, I know very little about sports and the Winter Olympics in general. The only thing I do know about the Winter Olympics is that I think I remember reading that one country has won the most. And so I'm just going to go and just based on that, that the numbers might be my favor. I'm going to go ahead and discuss Norway. Wow. It's freaking Norway. You just, you just use math to your advantage like a boss. Well, like I, I said, congrats on the second round, Nathan. Yeah. This is the first time I've ever had a sports question right in a venue like this. Wow. Yes, good pull. Utilizing, uh, oh. yeah, Norway's awesome cross-country skiing and winter sports skills. So. Oh, and Nordic Track uses uh, wooden skis, too. Yes, I wonder does. if there's connection there. Yeah, very possible. 
All right, Nathan gets the steal, and now, Will, you've got to oh. give him a question. All right, we'll give him news and politics. Okay. And your decade is the 90s. Okay. Hey, Nathan, do me a favor miss this one. I'll, I'll, I'll do what I can. <laughs> this Texas billionaire ran for president twice in the 90s. In 1992, he received 19.7 million votes, which was 18.9%. And in 1996, 8 million votes, which was 8.4%. I think he just passed away recently in the last year or two. Um, that is Ross Perot. That is I Ross. Like I'm at a ping pong match. It's a ping pong, ping pong, ping pong. I'm in the middle of the <laughs> It was crazy. My favorite was Dana Carvey playing uh, Ross Perot on SNL. It was fantastic. Yes. Can I finish? Can, Can I, I finish? Can I finish? <laughs> All right. You got it. All right. Now, Nathan, you got to pick for Will and Left. We have movies, music, TV, and toys and games. Let's go ahead and go with movies. And your decade is the 60s. Oh, wow. 50s and 60s yes. for movies? Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah, that was your first one, too. And so you obviously, yeah, it's not it's going against you. Well, it's not going against you. People like the 50s and 60s. So, all right. 60s movies. Spencer Tracy died only 17 days after he completed filming his role in this 1967 film that tells the story of a young white woman and black man who are in love and wish to marry as they tell their parents. I don't know this, but I know that uh, my parents' first date uh, was to a... Uh, they they went around to all the pizzerias in Chicago and and tried to learn how to make deep dish pizza. And then they stayed up all night making deep dish pizza. They were actually the first people to make deep dish pizza outside of the city of Chicago. Their second date was to a movie called Love Story. And since I believe uh, loving has to do with interracial marriage, the Supreme Court case, I'll go with Love Story. Love Story is incorrect. I know, but it was a fun story. It was cute. It was adorable. Yay to your parents. Uh, and I love deep dish pizza. Oh, so good. All right, Nathan, you get a chance to steal this one. You stole the 50s one. Can you steal the 60s one? The only movie title that came to my head, and I think that might have been a remake in the 2000s, potentially, of some sort. But I think it's, it might be Look Who's Coming to Dinner. Look Who's Coming to Dinner, the classic with John Travolta, uh, who talks... No, I'm sorry. That's, that's Look Who's Talking. Uh, you were so close, but I oh, cannot give it to you. That's okay. I cannot give it to you. It's Guess, guess Who's oh. Coming to Dinner. And they did have... I would have guessed that. Yes. Um, and so, yes, you had... You were, you were correct. There was the um, Ashton Kutcher remake that was made mm. that was called Guess Who, but uh, I can't give you Look Who's Coming to Dinner. I'm going to give you... Yeah, so. Which is Sidney Portier. He's... Yep, so... So close. Uh, all right. Um, Will, you get to pick for Nathan. Uh, the, the toys. <laughs> Love the enthusiasm. Yeah. Uh, your decade is the 80s. Okay. Which category is this again? Toys and games. Toys and games. All right. We've got another question from Jackie LaFave. Consisting of 54 identical pieces. This game was released in 1986 by a British board game designer. The name is derived by a Swahili word, which means to build. I think the game is Jenga. 
You think incorrect. It is Jenga. And what? that's not good for Will. But why did you say incorrect? What, what, what are you no, doing? I didn't, say, I didn't say incorrect. I said correct. You're thinking. You totally, you totally said you incorrect. You totally said incorrect. No, I said you're thinking correct. Not think incorrect. Not think incorrect. Okay, it sounded like you said you think incorrect. Well, I meant it was supposed to come out you're thinking, you thinking correct. I, I, I think he doesn't get the points based on that. <laughs> <laughs> My terrible, uh, you know, verbiage aside, Nathan did get the points. And Will, uh, it's, it's going to be for you. But so, Nathan, you get to pick either music or TV for Will or which one ever you want to have, you know, later for you. Oh, let's go ahead and give him music. Okay. Hopefully another Beatles question for him. Yeah. And your decade is the 2000s. Okay. This 2005 song hit number two on the Billboard Hot 100, coming from a hated Canadian band. And unfortunately, I don't think we ever found out what was on Joey's head. What did, I, what did Nickelback ever do to anybody anyway? <laughs> Make hits. <laughs> I think that was his guess, Adam. Oh, no, no, sorry. All right. This 2005 song, I'm going to let you do this again. This 2005 song hit number two on the Billboard Hot 100, coming from a hated Canadian band, and unfortunately, I don't think we ever found out what was on Joey's head, so you have to name the song. Oh, na- oh okay. I don't know any Nickelback songs. Well, that's not good for you. Oh, you know what? They had one song that was... Uh... Uh, something like never play a trivia game after a root canal, something like that. I'm going with that. <laughs> never play a game after a root canal is incorrect. Uh, Nathan, you get a chance to steal. The fact that I'm getting a Nickelback question um, worries me a little bit, but I think it's photograph. Look at this photograph. Every time I do, it makes me laugh. How did our eyes get so red? And what the hell is on Joey's head? It's some 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 of the worst lyrics ever. But yes, the song the song is called Photograph. All right, that was a pretty good get right there. And this means Nathan, you are going to get the last category, which is TV. And your decade is the fifties. The fifties. Jeff's collie was the original name of this TV show that began in 1954. It ran until 1973 and is the fifth longest-running U.S. primetime TV series after The Simpsons, Law & Order, Special Victims Unit, Gunsmoke, and Law & Order. Can you say the first part again? (laughs) Yeah, the important part. Yes, I can. Uh, Jeff's Collie was the original name of this TV show that began in 1954. It ran until 1973 and is the fifth longest running U.S. primetime television series. I'm stopping there. Jeff's Collie? Jeff's Collie. The only Collie I can think about or think of is Lassie. Lassie is correct. And it was all then better, then later renamed to Timmy and Lassie. Uh, but yes, I would have taken either of those. So that is the end of round the game the yeah baby you never know how people are gonna wager will okay <laughs> maybe you shouldn't have had that root canal will uh <laughs> yeah maybe i shouldn't have <laughs> right all right john what is our score update all right nathan ran away with it, it is 110 to 40 
Yep, yep, that was the nail in the coffin to could not uh, get back. But you never know. Nathan might be a, a wild card. He might be a, a maverick. He might be a, you know, a rogue when it comes to his wagering. Nathan's second round seating is based on your point total from the first round, just so you know. I'll remember that. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, wager big apparently. All right, and so for our final round, you each get a pick a category, and uh, your wager will be based on the uh, the categories, both of them that are combined, and you have to get both questions correct to get your wager. So, uh, Nathan, with you in the lead going into the final, what category would you like for your final question? I'm going to go news and politics. News and politics, okay. And your decade there is going to be the 80s. All right. And, Will, what category do you want? Sports. Sports. Well, don't tell me that's your weakness. <laughs> uh, and your decade there is going to be the 80s. All right, a double 80s question, or double 80s final. All right, so the two of y'all need to write down your wagers for the categories and questions between um, 80s sports and 80s news and politics. Nathan seems locked in. Will, what about you? Yeah, what about me? <laughs> I'm locked in. All right. All right. Here are your two questions. For your 80s news and politics question, dictator Jean-Claude Duvalier was overthrown by a people's uprising on February 6th, 1986 in what Caribbean nation? And your 80s sports question. I'm going to butcher this. Uh, Nawal L. No. Nawal El Matawal. Oh my gosh. I should I should really try and get this done. Uh prep this in point. Uh Matawakel. Nawal El Matawakel. I think I got that right. Became the first female Olympic gold medalist from a Muslim nation and the first of her country when she competed in the 400 meter hurdles in the 1984 Olympics. What North African nation that borders the Atlantic did she hail from? I'll read that again because I know I butchered it pretty badly. Nawal El Matawakel became the first female Olympic gold medalist from, an, from a Muslim nation and the first of her country when she competed in the 400-meter hurdles in the 1984 Olympics. What North African nation that borders the Atlantic did she hail from? While they're thinking, I'm just here to remind y'all that uh, a lot of good stuff happening on the BFOP network. Besides that, a lot of good stuff happening here with this tournament. I'm really excited about it. If you guys are at all interested in joining this tournament next year, make sure you become a patron before we do this next year. Uh, really excited about it. Loving that we're going to keep doing this. And so um, check it out. And also check out everything on the Beef Up Network. Great shows. Awesome stuff. All right. I, I'm locked in. I'm there wrong, but I'm locked in. All right. Uh, Will, as you're behind, you're going to start us off. And so uh, the 80s news and politics question, dictator Jean-Claude Duvalier was overthrown by a people's uprising in February 6, 1986 in what Caribbean nation? What's your answer? Did you know that uh, Mr. Potato Head uh, and Mrs. Potato Head are no longer Mr. and Mrs. And instead, uh, they are mean rulers of uh, foreign countries and they're now known as dictators. Because uh, they're jerks, I guess. <laughs> Woo! I, I went with Granada. Granada. All right. And for the uh, 80 sports question, 
who became uh, the first female uh, medalist from a Muslim nation. So I am pretty sure this is not uh, on the Atlantic coast. I believe it's on the Mediterranean coast, but I went with Morocco. All right. And Nathan, what was your answer to the uh, 80s news and politics question? For the first one, I know this was, there was a baby and Papa Doc, and they were from Haiti. All right. And your question for the uh, Olympic gold medalist. Um, I went the same way Will did, is I was thinking, I, I think, I was thinking northern African country that bordered the Atlantic, and I think the only one that does this that includes the Mediterranean is Morocco. All right. So for the correct answers, your eighties news and politics question, the dictator Jean-Claude Duvalier, who was overthrown by the people's uprising in the Caribbean nation. There was Papa doc and baby doc. And it is Haiti from the, uh, once French owned Haiti. And for the eighties sports question, uh, the North African nation that borders the Atlantic on one side and it does have some of the Mediterranean on the other. It is Morocco. So you both got that one correct. All right. But Will missed the sports question, so he does not get his wager. But Nathan, you get your wager. Let's uh, first find out. Will, what did you wager? I wagered 200. 200, which is not possible. Uh, but now you're really going down. <laughs> and Nathan, what did you wager? Zero. Zero. Predictable. Wow, where's the fun in that? I, ju I just figured I if I got it right, I could lodge a formal protest because you yes. didn't say uh, that we could only wager what we had earned. Yeah, I, I didn't say that. I mean, you would think. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking like a lawyer. I was setting up my appeal. Yes. That, that, that's a, you're a great lawyer. If I need you, I'm going to call you. It was listed in the rules, though. Yes, there you go. You didn't play the rules. You just like you just waved his finger as though there's an audio clip he's going to cut in later with the magic of editing. That don't play right now, my friend. Homie, don't play that. Just like Homie the Clown. All right, from In Living Color. John, could you please give us the scores and let us know who won this episode? All right, with the score of 110 to, I'm going to say zero, <laughs> Nathan is the winner. Woo! Good job. Congratulations, Nathan. I, I'm going to give credit to your dental procedure today because... Um, <laughs> I I'm, promise you I'm not this stupid. <laughs> I lucked out on a lot of these questions. Looking at them, I'm like, that Norway question I should not have gotten. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can pull it. All right, so Nathan wins, and for our tournament... You are going to be taking on Frankie Mitchell, Francesca Mitchell from Australia. Uh, but she, she, uh, we had a randomized uh, bracket and she had an automatic buy. So she was our number one seed. So in our next round, Nathan, you'll be taking her on and we'll get that going. Okay. And Will, I'm sorry to say this is the end of your time. And so we're just going to let you talk right now. We'll let everybody who, has, who finishes talk. Uh, so Will, anything you want to talk about? Yeah, I would just like to say, uh, despite... Uh, the experience that I've had over the last hour, I encourage everyone to become uh, patrons of the Throwback Trivia Takedown and the entire BFOB network. Um, these guys are fantastic. They provide awesome entertainment for you every single week. Uh, you listen, you laugh, you love. Uh, give them a little bit of your money because they needed to put this show on, so help them out. You don't need an extra $4 every month. You can get... Uh, a, a glass of water instead of Starbucks one time, and you can give the Spees boys a little bit of coin to help put, put on this fantastic content. Uh, I'm going to use that in, for ads all over. I'm going to be sending that across. That was 
amazing. All right. Well, Nathan, I'm going to give you the chance to talk later because you're going to keep going in our tournament. But uh, thank you so much, Will. That was an awesome episode and a really great kickoff to our first ever first episode uh, of our first round of our Throwback Trivia Takedown patron tournament for John. I'm Adam. And that was another episode of Throwback Trivia Takedown. Thank you for listening to Throwback Trivia Takedown. If you want to support the podcast or if you'd like to be a contestant, go to patreon.com forward slash throwback trivia takedown and pick a tier that's right for you. If you want to submit questions, you can email them to throwbacktriviatakedown at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on your preferred podcast platform. We'll see you next time when two new contestants go head-to-head in nostalgic knowledge on Throwback Trivia Takedown. Hi, my name is Scott, and I host a nostalgia cast called People Don't Forget. Join me each episode for a deep dive into all things nostalgia. Do you remember your favorite songs from the year 2000 or the TV shows you watched in 2003? If you don't, that's okay. Listen to People Don't Forget and take a particular journey with me down memory lane.